still give a handle? You're not, you're not on any social media or anything, right? No, I'm not on any social media. Do you have a, uh, a handle that you would like to use, or you're just comfortable with the old Neil Smart? I'm comfortable with it. Cool, man. So, to find me it's not hard well i mean there, there's like business aspect to it too right yeah. Is there... no for sure absolutely yeah. man there's no um get right in there yeah from my the mic. okay right in there from my perspective yeah there's no um you know like i'm not much of a social media guy so yeah I'm man really yeah you never really have been huh a handle no never this guy here's got at backside attack that big save uh I there never, you go. i never check my social media either yeah i'm not I really i don't think i've been on facebook in a while and i just i just checked in yesterday because like uh one of our one of our buddies in the group kind of mentioned something and sure enough i missed old nick perger's birthday so happy birthday nick perger okay yeah uh, she's she's rad though she's uh you know, shoot I, with. I don't think you think i know how to use instagram really i tried it yeah like when roger was telling me you gotta check out my, my feed or my story but it's it he's i don't know what he's doing in there and they, he has to explain to me step by step like i'm five i don't understand i don't, I don't know how to use it yeah, yeah. how the stories work because yeah, like you know, know you either. tap and it just goes away and then you try to get back to it, and you hit somebody else's story. Yeah. So that I don't get. I like the idea of just pushing the button in the middle and then posting the photo that I want to post. Yeah. And then that's it. I walk away. Yeah. But we've talked about the podcast that people who are addicted to Instagram and like it's uh, it's a means for them to like feel better about themselves. Yeah. It's, it's a sickness if you're addicted to it. So um, that's why I'm I'm caution I'm just cautious about even like even using it. So yeah, you want constant recognition. Yeah. Yeah, it's a double edged sword. It man. is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's so much utility to it in terms of reach and mm-hmm. oh yeah, like you know things that you can sort of um, you know, you can use it as a platform for a lot of good things. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it's challenging. I mean, that's why I stayed away from it. But I I look at it in terms of a, from a business perspective. Yeah. I know we're missing the mark on a lot of that stuff, right? So it's a little bit part. It's going to be part of our engagement strategy next year. Yeah. To push a little bit more of that. You have um, like studied more about how you can like widen your reach. No, not a, well. Yeah, for sure we've done that. But I I, I don't think that'll come from me. Like I mm-hmm. also know that I'm not the guy to be at least within our company to be the person that's going to push that mandate forward. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I need to delegate that to people that actually, to your point, understand how to work Instagram and do all that. Exactly. That's not my, that's not my skill set, Right. Yeah. Like that's not where I want to be. And it's not where I want to spend my time. I don't want to learn it. I have no desire to learn. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it is one of those things that's kind of gross. Yeah. Like there, there's an aspect to it that's really kind of gross. And once you realize you're like, I don't want, I don't want anything to do with this and somebody else who's willing to do it, and learned and has a as a handle on it gets off on them, it yeah gets off on exactly go ahead go hard because yeah. people do mm-hmm. for sure and it's a conundrum right because yeah. that you know and I think you guys have known me for a long time and it's like I constantly am battling kind of uh, you know being that entrepreneur yeah. and you know embracing all these things that could help me sort of grow the business better but at heart I'm mm. a complete hippie that wants to live on the beach and surf right yeah, yeah. so it's like. You know, I'm like, well, I don't really want anybody to know where I am. I don't want them to find me because I actually want to live on a sailboat without a cell phone where you literally can't find me. You don't want to tag your photos (laughs) yeah, to find out what I'm doing right now. But I'm trying to be prudent about it and be like, there's a lot of utility to this, right? I'm kind of missing the mark or my, you know, from a business perspective, we need to be a little more engaged on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean that that's just it. But your business too is like you you've recently changed from what you were doing before to what you're doing now, which is like you've got a lot of a lot of pans in the fire kind of thing, right? Yeah, we've got a lot of cool stuff going on, you know, and and I think uh, you know, to be honest, like a, a lot of that um sort of thought around changing uh and, and using social media a little bit more comes from the fact that we're doing some really cool stuff, right? Yeah. Like um you know, we, I'm in an entrepreneurs group called EO, which mm-hmm. I think I've talked to you guys about, and it's a global organization, mm-hmm. right? So we've got about 14,000 members worldwide. Oh, wow. Um, 
and I've been a member for about eight or nine years here in Edmonton. I sit on our board in Edmonton mm-hmm. and then as well as on a couple of like kind of regional committees yeah. and then kind of working on something on a little bit more of a global level. And, and EO as an organization has adopted like um, um, has worked with the UN and we've adopted like four UN uh, sustainable development goals as an organization, as a global organization. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. That's pretty rad, yeah. We're trying to build out. um, Mm -hmm. So I'm part of a a team of people um, that's building this out actually globally for EO. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's called our community engagement um, position, right? Our community engagement chair for the chapters. And um, so uh, we're trying to build this out. So I'm I'm kind of responsible for building it out in Canada right now, helping build it out in Canada. and along with that, I mean, there's lots of cool things my business is doing in the waste industry and other businesses mm-hmm. that, you know, entrepreneurs that are really good friends of mine that are doing in Montreal and Vancouver um, that align with these UN sustainable Regulations development or... goals, yeah. right? And I'm like, you know, no, it's not always about just getting business or social media just to drive business. I, I think it's that new mentality in business is like thinking about it in terms of a more organic, holistic model of business mm-hmm. right? where you're kind of doing what's right for the planet or for people first. And by virtue of that, you're sort of, you know, building a, a good, sustainable, profitable company. Yeah. Yeah. More of that, like socially, environmentally conscious rather than just like, I mean, there's the, the waste we were talking about earlier as well. Like last time we talked about the, the uh, what was it? Like how you're taking things from the earth that are just aren't in the earth anymore, like the gold and all that. Like you were doing something with the, like, what was it? Stripping it back, like taking things back from products that are just out there creating waste when they shouldn't be waste anymore. Correct. So yeah, it's it's, it's pretty cool. Get so right we've, in there, though. We've uh, yeah, sorry. Um, we've uh, you know, I've termed it urban mining, mm-hmm. right? And and really, like, we were looking at a lot of waste diversion studies in in our industry, in, yeah. in the waste management industry, and um, like the number one, one of the biggest pieces of waste diversion is electronics, right? And it's also and, and rare earth metals as well, or yeah, yeah rare mm-hmm. earth metals mm-hmm. in the electronics. So they, mm-hmm. I, I believe, in North America they've um, sort of cited, and this is loose because there's not really good numbers on this, but it's about a $50 billion industry. Oh, wow. Um, untapped of stuff, of precious metals that are going back into like the, the dump rather than being reclaimed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're actually working really closely with a PhD on the East Coast that's mm-hmm. developed a chemical process, a, a non-active chemical agent to leach the precious metal content off of anything it's not even a circuit board like it could be off of like a gold rim off a glass or something right Mm -hmm. that's bananas Um, yeah it's really cool and he he actually came from the mining space Mm -hmm. and uh that that, that was my question my next question was like was he does he have a mining background yeah yeah that's exactly yeah Yeah. well he has an understanding of what Mm -hmm. like how to strip it right i mean Mm -hmm. that's a a big concept is yeah and there's always been in the mining space there's been lots of talks about reclamation and doing things like uh you know the tailings material that's left over yeah Yeah. i've done that work when it comes to tailings because like you know mine tailings when they when the the effluent comes out a lot of that stuff not to interrupt neil sorry but like uh it's uh um, when the when the effluent comes out when they're mining, that's the slurry, yeah. The, the slurry that comes, yeah. What comes out is that there are um, there's iron in the, in there. There's so much there's, is waiting in there. All these um these these uh there's all these metals in there. And what uh, water treatment facilities have to do is to um, find out a, a, you know make slurries on a large industrial scale. Like mm-hmm. you do a pilot plant pr- a project in in lab, and then you if you can scale it up to uh, to how a mine can use it, it's like it becomes a a big process, and it's. It's so huge in the mining industry, and then like so that can and that factors into what Neil was just talking about, and that's why that's why I was going to ask that question. Yeah, like, is he part of the is mining it part industry? of mining? Does it come from from mining as well? So, starting to interrupt, but yeah, so like yeah, that's it's such a huge industry. Oh, it's bananas! Mining. Yeah, and like there's so much untapped 
Yeah. I mean, like you were saying, even just in the idea of like stripping it back from uh, from the electronics. Like, what was that thing you were telling me about gold? There's more gold. Yeah, there's more gold left in electronics than there is in the earth now. Than in the earth. So if you look at it in terms of, a, you know, a, a precious metal and a rare commodity now, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the, you're we're essentially putting gold back into the earth in the form of throwing it into throwing the it dump, yeah. you know? And so, like, um, I think there's a real opportunity for things like that, right? And and um, a more sustainable model. That's creepy. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, no, but there is. There's room for definitely a more sustainable model. The idea that, yeah, we're throwing it back into the earth. And it's going to take, what, eons before it ever becomes anything that you can mine again. I mean, that's not like you can just throw it back in the earth and hope to God that we're going to compress that after a couple of generations and it becomes usable gold. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just it's just garbage. Yeah. It's, it's not being looked at or touched. Yeah, it is one facet of a this is of, of a throwaway society that we're, yeah. that we're oh, in yeah. right now, right? And so, yeah, how Neil was talking about is that uh, um, the fact that, um, especially like with electronics, a lot of people, especially in uh, a lot of Asian markets, Neil, mm-hmm. correct, I could be totally wrong, but like, there is no... There's no eco center in those in those uh, especially in China and, and Japan. Oh like, yeah, they don't have regulations. They don't they just like, don't care. Yeah, they'll just they'll just leave it outside, and then if someone who wants it, they can take it. Well, the Maldives got like a garbage island that's built up of all the stuff that we just throw out. Like you send back to Amazon, mm-hmm. and they don't even open it to check if it's used. They just send it to the Maldives and they put it on an island. Yeah. So you have usable like tons, not even you know kind of in a like colloquial terms tons, but they have tons and tons in the thousands of just perfectly usable products just sitting on a garbage island. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what a what a huge waste, right? Yeah, it, it, it's it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like how, how much waste really happens, right? And, mm-hmm. and to your point, right? It's um, there's so like we really think the opportunity for some of that stuff is is, is in some of those developing countries. I yeah, mean, mm-hmm. you know they're doing that now, right? There's yeah. poor kids in some of those countries, uh, you know, um, that are literally using like because you can leach things, precious metal off of like circuit boards or technology Easily, yeah. but mm-hmm. you got to use like hazardous chemicals like you know yeah. to do it and these kids are sitting there with no gloves on bare feet dipping circuit boards into like very hazardous chemicals that's right that's and it's bad news and, and yeah. we think that there's you know an opportunity with that stuff i mean with our business you know the way i look at it so obviously my business is the garbage man right mm-hmm. is, is the brand tgm waste and we um you know, we've we've looked at you know we were we were looking at this industry, and I think it's at least from a business perspective, I think it's super important that like what you do aligns with you know those values, right? So yeah. going back to that earlier conversation, it's like why do we get out of bed every day and do what we do? Um, that I think that has to align with something that's bigger than just saying, hey, we just want to go out and 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 be profitable, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, a, Profitable is a checkbox that says we're doing things right. Yeah. It's not really the reason that we do it. And mm-hmm. so with e-waste or with, um, you know, um, uh, the ur- you know urban mining off of the e-waste, um, you know, I think there's a bigger play there. We're kind of mm-hmm. looking at it and saying, okay, what like what was what recycling was in the 80s, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't want to go out and compete with the huge companies with huge infrastructure and budgets that um, – you know, are doing the same thing. It's kind of a canned approach now. It's like, do you need this kind of a dumpster? We'll provide it. We're like, well, what is the game changer, right? Like, mm-hmm. where are the angles and garbage, the upgrading opportunities where we're mm-hmm. taking a component of waste, whether it's, uh, you know, we're looking at things like wire, upgrading wire, um, upgrading certain metal content, urban mining. How do we sort of change the game to differentiate ourselves and kind of come up with a better solution, right? Yeah. yeah. Is there anybody here in town even close to that? I mean, because, I mean, our, my, our recycling facilities aren't really... Yeah, there's a lot of reports now, right? We're not really doing the job that you're even telling us they're doing as far as like Edmonton recycling goes. So is there anybody even close to doing like real eco recycling on the same scale as what you're doing? Even say like stripping it because like copper from from wire, right? Yeah. 
or getting copper from uh, from uh, what do they call it? Not not landfill, uh, construction projects. Yeah. Like, is anybody doing anything remotely close to electronic waste like you guys are doing? Um, like, who's well, your competition there, in that? There are electronic waste recyclers, right? Yeah. And they break down this stuff. But then, essentially, what happens is they have to take the commodity mm -hmm. in its form and send it to a downstream processor, yeah. right? So the plastic goes to somebody that processes plastics. Mm -hmm. The circuit boards go to, um, you know, essentially they end up at a smelter. Yeah. And the smelters are all either in Europe and Japan. Okay. Uh, the 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 so from that perspective of like specifically circuit boards. Um, what happens is the recyclers aren't actually doing any processing and they're subsidized by the government to break down a lot of this product. Mm -hmm. But what happens is th from a business standpoint, they don't have the volume to deal with a smelter directly. Mm -hmm. So they're, most of them are aggregating stock with a broker. So there's two or three smaller providers that aggregate and then they go to a smelter mm -hmm. when they have a volume of, you know, hundreds of tons. Yeah. So what we're looking to do is say, you know, we can offer a more, sustainable localized solution so we can support say the west coast right mm -hmm. um processing about a ton of day a ton a day of circuit boards or, or or material through this um this equipment in your own facility in our own facility here here in town and um that would allow us to sort of you know kind of bypass uh the the uh, pathways that are kind of built right now to going to a smelter so yeah. we could offer a local solution but the cool part about it is you know once we extract the precious metal content we're left with matter that if eventually if you could shred it and this is the next phase of what we're trying to look at is could we shred it and come up with a a completely closed loop solution where mm -hmm. we're taking that leftover waste and turning it into another product mm -hmm. right um, and when we can get there to the conversation earlier, mm -hmm. then we can go to some of those developing countries and say, mm -hmm. hey, we can plunk this thing in in Mexico or, you know, um, you could. Yeah. You yeah. Could, I mean, it's a, yeah, you Southeast could. You could yeah. Or, you could show them a pilot and just be like, you know what? This is a um, this is this is on its on small scale. And then we can scale it up and then say, you know what? Is this viable for yeah. you guys? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like the McDonald's of recycling. You just show up with a, a solution and just drop it there and they just use it. Essentially, right? I mean, that's the idea yeah. that you're not gonna you're not gonna have like a chain they have to go through to get it done. The entire process is done in one facility that you show them, show them how to use it or build for them. Yeah, and that's that, it, huh? Because that's what I always wondered. Because like when you, because uh, when you, for us, like mm -hmm. who are uh, people who like to think that they're being uh, environmentally <laughs> yeah, responsible, yeah. like especially when you're taking all of your electronics and all of your uh, fridges, whatever it is, right? You take them to the eco depot, right? There, there is a for people who are very more interested in like you know what is the what is the down what is the downstream process of yeah. like uh, well I don't I, I don't know I, I don't know it either right? I have so no like idea you, you just like you like to think that you're you're oh I, I did something you know I did something responsible I, I sent it to the Echo Depot and that's what are that, they doing right? with it but Neil's in a good position to understand like what oh, actually yeah. does happen to it once it's there right because yeah. like, they don't the way it's broken down like you know like our circuit boards are ripped apart certain parts go here certain parts go there to like so make sure that everything is properly recycled in its entirety right. Mm -hmm. That's probably not the case, right? So yeah, a lot of times it's not the case, mm -hmm. um, and it's not that anybody's doing anything malicious. Like, yeah. I mean, there are companies out there that are doing something, yeah. you know, that that maybe have a more, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, less responsible approach, and they yeah. basically just fill a sea can of this stuff and send it over to Nigeria. And yeah, it's there, right. <laughs> well, like, the Philippines, and, down, right? And exactly. then they're emailing you next mm -hmm. week, like because they've got all your encrypted data off your hard drive, and <laughs> yeah. they're like, "Hey, guess what? You just won like Excellent. a billion dollars. Billion dollars, yeah. I'm a banker, right? That's, exactly. that's a good point, right? <laughs> So, I mean, I wonder how much of that actually yeah, happens. Uh, well, some of that happens for sure. Yeah. I think the other side... Is, is your password password? Yeah. No, no mine's one, two, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine's my name. Huh. <laughs> no, keep, keep on. Uh, no, no. So, you know, I think... Um, 
there's there's that side of it for sure mm-hmm. that could happen potentially could happen um but i think what happens is you know really if you're dealing with like an eco depot that you mm-hmm. know an eco station with the city yeah um they usually have pretty good providers that they've partnered with to break this stuff down okay yeah. Yeah. now the other side of it though what happens after the fact and this is kind of what happened with recycling and we're seeing all the blowback right now yeah with mm-hmm. recycling right because we do residential waste collection as well yeah so we do kind of i guess just a preface all your this. company does yeah my company yeah. um does uh residential garbage collection in strathcona county so mm-hmm. we do curbside garbage and recycling collection mm-hmm. from homes then we do um uh like uh junk removal services primarily for property management clients so yeah. we work with a lot of property management clients when there's turnover we go in and clean out suites or pick up waste that's left out by their dumpsters and then we do some commercial garbage as well mostly like c and d construction and demolition debris like uh, roll-off bins so yeah. renovation companies construction companies uh private residents that just wants to clean up their house whatever we rent them a bin mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for that those types of services so in the residential recycling you know now we're seeing this blowback because what was happening is you know i grew up and i remember like we remember because we all grew up together like when these people used to come to your like your school and recycling was just starting and they were like oh it's great like you just you put this plastic yeah. in this jar in this container oh, yeah. and yeah. it turns into new glass right yeah. and, or whatever <laughs> new plastic and you're like okay this is like this I, is magic feel, this is feel good <laughs> yeah right? like i oh, feel yeah. good about mm-hmm. it well, it was the right thing to do. Yeah, well, they were hitting you in your moral nerves. Like, yeah, and those 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 new blue bins that we've never seen before. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was like magic. Yeah, yeah it was mm-hmm. like magic, right? Oh yeah, and for then, sure. Like you know, so like we buy into this whole uh, program, which it, philosophically has really good merit. Oh yeah. But um, in practical terms, <laughs> what was happening is there, you know, half the time. You know, it's, you know, we don't have the infrastructure to recycle it here. So then it's getting brokered to another municipality. That mm-hmm. municipality might not be as prudent. So they're filling a sea can and sending it to the Philippines and yep. dumping it on a beach, right? Yeah. It's crazy. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just, it's crazy. I mean, with me, I would fill, like, I fill everything. My, my recycle bag is my bathroom, my bedroom, from the kitchen, everything. Then I see that whole idea that, yeah, well, the, uh, was it uh, Japan and China? They won't take it if it's got a certain amount of waste content that is like, they'll test it. So got a certain amount of organic waste within the recycle that's been recycled. The recycling has been recycled. They just say no. Yeah, it'll then be. What happens to all that? Like all that just goes into the waste after that, right? Mm, yeah. So like we think we're doing all this great stuff, but if you don't get every last bit of peanut butter out of that jar, like it's mm. going to the garbage. Yeah. If there's any mayo left in the lid or a piece of cheese in that bag, yeah. it's going to the garbage. Yeah. So it's like there's so many regulations we don't know about, but we just think we're doing the right thing by stuffing that recycle bag. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a thing too. It's like the everyone wants to feel good about what they're doing for the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're like everyone's heart's in the right place. Like you know, like no, like it's very rare that you see like someone throw something out of their window. Yeah, like like you know, if they're just drinking in Canada. Yeah, in Canada, they just they just chuck out the window, right? Yeah. But uh, it's interesting because I love watching like uh, uh, stories on uh, waste removal. Mm-hmm. Like even like the like like actually, I would like to hear Neil's uh, opinion on this. Is that um, you know the big in the Pacific that that large garbage buildup and all those the plastic, island? yeah the island because I know like a lot of there's a lot of startup companies that have uh, um, started like uh, well there's like that 15 year old right that kid who built that, that kid, uh, the and, scooper whatever it is yeah and there's that other those other there's other there's two other guys who have actually um, I think it's called the I think it's called Pacific Blue I could be totally wrong but like their 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 mission is to uh, and they have some sort of technology in place to gather all that because uh, like all that all that uh, that plastic um, accumulation of uh, like it's it's just a big. I think it's just see, waste. It's wait. You can see it from space. Yeah, I mean, you could. Yeah. I I don't know if you can walk on it technically, but I mean, it's a it's a pretty solid mass of because the ocean has currents. Yeah, it shoves things together, mm-hmm. and anything you throw in the ocean is going to eventually find its way somewhere using that that 
current yeah. drift, right? That's and right. the garbage is loose enough to all kind of go together, and now you've got this garbage island out there. Yeah, you know, what's, what's, what's your take on uh, like uh, uh, technologies being implemented now that are helping to um, kind of alleviate that uh, um, that problem on the on, on instances such as that? Like, what's your uh... Yeah, it's it, it's tough, right? Because mm-hmm. I think the technology can help if people uh, adopt the process, and and mm-hmm. the hardest uh, thing to do is mm-hmm. to change the way people do it. Like yeah. I, I think you're right. I, you know, to a point. Like I, I think that people don't have malicious intent when mm-hmm. it comes to being irresponsible with the environment. Yeah. But I also think that people will usually do what's easiest. Yeah. And not I agree what's with that, best, yeah. right? So 100%. Ev- ev- absolutely. Everybody wants to be environmental as long as it doesn't cost them more, as long as it's not harder to get to, oh, yeah. as yeah. long as it's not, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the challenge, you know, like I think in anything, right? A- anytime you're doing, for lack of a better term, missionary work, yeah. it's changing yeah. It's changing user behavior. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the, to me, that's the hardest part of adoption, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Is like if you can get the user to change their behavior. Yeah. Um, so technology, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things, right? Like, you know, um, with the whole idea of like the IoT or the Internet of Things, mm-hmm. the way devices are going to be more connected in our homes and our businesses, right? Yeah. They're talking about things like, um, you know, there's devices out there now. You know, we're looking and thinking about this. And this is all like, this isn't the core of my business by any stretch. But mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, what's prudent is we got to be look, we have to be looking at what is. Uh, forward thinking Mm -hmm. you know how do we make things better and you know with there's a actually an iot based um recycling um stations where you can essentially put all your recycling into it and it'll like or i guess one object at a time i believe Mm -hmm. and it uses ai Mm -hmm. to tell you what that object is and then moves it into the right bin so it'll say oh plastic goes here (laughs) you know and and there's ones actually i think there's an airport and i can't remember if it's it could even be the Vancouver airport. I can't remember. It might have been hmm. the States. Mm-hmm. And they actually have garbage bins with optical cameras and AI. Mm-hmm. They've got only a few that'll test up and you walk up and you kind of like hold out what you have. And it's like, that is like Bing what organic it is. matter. And no. you need to throw it into the Do, green, green bin or whatever. Yeah, right? That's and crazy. Like, it's, yeah. it, so that to your point, like mm-hmm. I think technology is going to be influential in kind of changing the user behavior. Yeah. Um, for sure, I think I could help with those things. Um, you know, I think the real problems are in some of those developing countries where there's less, you know, like North America is part of the problem. And I think we'll see technology in our countries, like mm-hmm. in the US and Canada, yeah. have a better adoption rate. Yeah. But the challenge is like, how how are you going to be pervasive with that in Mexico City or in Rio de Janeiro yeah. India. or in India? In India, <laughs> yeah. It's like, ridiculous. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. in Man, it's China, nuts. you know, like there's mm-hmm. a lot of issues, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, as a guy who's been around like all of Southeast Asia, there are countries that are really trying hard. Like if you go to Thailand, they're trying their best. They're, they're, they have laws about how they're going to do the garbage in the street and they're picking up a lot of garbage and they have recycling. But then you go to India and it's like, you're just driving along. You'll be in a bus and a guy will ask you, is this your bottle? Like, nope. And it's out the window. It's out the window. And then you look out the window and it's just miles. I mean, miles, no matter where you go, every highway has got plastic littered in the sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of recycling. Just it's not even a concept they understand. It feels like, right? Yeah. Actually, so how much impact do we have? Yeah, I, actually, there was. I saw this one uh, uh, on the internet. There's a um, on YouTube actually. There's this one Indian. I think this one Indian guy. Uh, this is in India. He's a lawyer, and he what he did is actually he gave up uh, his practice for a year, and he mm-hmm. just started. He started just cleaning up uh, the beaches, and he got like. Oh, you're telling me about this? He got like he got hundreds of like volunteers just to come by, just, just show up and help. Just yeah. show up and help, right? Because that's how bad the uh like when he showed it the before and after 
Yeah, it was fucking disgusting. That's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially like the second you go rural, it seems like you're you're better off in rural areas. Go to the desert or some tiny village with 20 people in it. It's like they're they're way more conscious about how they deal with their garbage. Mm-hmm. And the second you go anywhere into a city, I mean, you can see it as you get closer to the city. The garbage gets bigger and bigger and worse and worse, right? Yeah. That's not to say that like every country doesn't have that problem. Like they all do. Everybody's got some kind of problem like that, especially on the rails. If you run a train system anywhere, you just see it. The second you get closer to the city, it gets worse and worse every place out there like that oh yeah but it just feels like i don't know maybe because you feel a little more connected to india like it feels like that's part of your those are your people right you show up and you just see them throwing a a coke bottle out the window and then there's like the the carryover like you'll you'll have the coke bottle tossed out the window then you'll be at a train station waiting and some kid will come up and offer you cold water and then you're just all right whatever and they'll open the bottle for you that's just the bottle they found two minutes ago on yeah. the train track so uh, at least they're recycling one uh, way right they're trying <laughs> i'm like they're not my people i'm a proud pacific islander so well, I know. I mean, but like we all, <laughs> I'm just joking. We all scream Trust out. Me, Fiji is no better, man. <laughs> oh, it is Fiji's. no better. <laughs> Fiji, man. Like, let, let's let's okay. Let's remove that by one generation, right? Let's yeah, go back yeah. to our Pacific roots okay. and go to Fiji. Like, there's exactly. It's no better out there. Like, mm. you drive around to the rural areas. The more rural you get, it seems like the better they are because yeah. they don't want that mess around them. But the second you go into the city and you look at the side of the road, there's like so much garbage out there. Yeah. Oh yeah, Man, it's brutal. Oh yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's interesting, right? Because on uh, you know on that topic, there's like um, there's a guy I've been meaning to reach out to. That's actually part of this entrepreneurs organization that I'm part of, part of EO, and um, they've got a you know I, I haven't really I haven't connected with him personally, but I was looking at what they're doing, and it, mm-hmm. it seems like it's maybe a, a, a new business that he's formed, and it's called here Pop. in town. Uh, no, they they're in the I, I believe they're in the states, but I I believe they've started this in Haiti right now. And the business is called Plastic Bank. Mm-hmm. And they've got some really amazing adoption. So what they've done is they've gone out to people like, you know, I'm, you know, like on these poor communities, there's a lot of people that go through the garbage and the recycling and they try to reclaim stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So what they're saying is if you if you find plastic, like probably certain kinds of plastic, you can bring it to a location that they've dubbed a plastic bank mm-hmm. and they will... Uh, process it into pellets like plastic pellets Hmm. and then they will sell those plastic that plastic commodity at a premium to um like premium vendors right and saying like look this is keeping these plastics out of the ocean and then the 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 person the 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 person that uh you know the marginalized person that that picked this stuff they um they receive sort of a a credit Hmm. for an encrypted currency Mm -hmm. and then they can use that to buy food or water or supplies in these regions um, these guys have got crazy adoption. So That's crazy. IBM has started to use them for plastic on their, like some of their hardware yep. and they actually were the ones. So IBM partnered with them and developed this cryptocurrency to, so that they could have I was this. Gonna, yeah. Is it a cryptocurrency? Yeah. It's a cryptocurrency. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then they've also like, um, you know, I think partnered with some like real high end fashion companies that are willing to pay more to keep this stuff out, out, out of the ocean. Right. Mm-hmm. So like it's that kind of stuff gets really interesting to me. You know, I've been spending a lot of time in the Baja in Mexico and, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're in the middle of, of buying some land there and hopefully building out there. And um, and I love to surf there. And it's a true sort of developing area, right? It's like yeah. dirt roads and stuff. And I see the garbage infrastructure. Like I'm walking around, like Lisa <laughs> and I are walking around. There's like this guy and he's going door to door and he's got like a just like a Dodge Ram half ton. And it's like 
heaping with garbage, right? <laughs> oh, and he's the garbage collection. Yeah, and so like I in my broken Spanish, like you know, start like talking to talking him. His yeah. name's Kiko, and I'm like, well, you're the garbage collector, and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, how much do you charge? And he's telling me, and I'm like, oh, that's the business I'm in. That's actually, I'm like, that's about how much we charge back home. And then I'm just, like, the entrepreneur in me is doing the math. Yeah, right? jeez, I'm like, man, jeez, labor's a lot cheaper here, right? And I'm like, so I'm I'm it's thinking Mexico. about it Mexico. opportunistically, yeah. but at the same time, I'm like. You know, I think there's this mentality here, right? So I look at my assets and I'm like, a 2008 truck in my fleet is getting old, mm -hmm. right? And by North American standards, what do you do? You go, okay, we're going to upgrade. We're going to send it to the auction, right? And uh, I'm like, maybe I need to revisit our strategy because could we take our assets and could we work in these developing areas, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. support them, whether it's with these organizations like Plastic Bank that exist to help those sort of... Uh, people create a better recycling infrastructure or is it in a new market where we could do something for them, right? That's closer to my heart where mm -hmm. I want to plant roots, mm -hmm. right? Because uh, so I, I think about it all the time, you know, it, it's crazy. I could go on forever about it. No, but, no definitely yeah. do. I mean, yeah, like man. how would that work out though? Because I mean, right now you're seeing people who try to like give trucks like the fire truck, right? They had all those issues getting the truck into Mexico. So is it easy to just walk up and try to like, are you talking about donating your vehicle to these people or you want to build a small business out there? Honestly, I don't even know at this point. Yeah. I just all, all I think is like, and, and to your point, I don't think it's easy in places like Mexico. Yeah, like, I think there's a lot of challenges uh, with business down there. At least for for somebody that's not you know a local, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but at the same time, it, it's it's just it's all pie in the sky right now. But mm -hmm. it's it's opportunity, right? And like, there's no um, there is no like um uh deposit or exchange on things like recyclables like cans and bottles right yeah mm -hmm. so when you're in the beach like we're so used to being like oh you know keep your bottles or put them in a recycling yeah. thing right mm -hmm. well there's a 40 gallon drum by the beach i like to surf mm -hmm. and by the end of the day it's heaping with like pop cans oh, it's and falling over, bottles, yeah. mm -hmm. and it's just like heap and, and nobody cares because there's no deposit on that yeah. right so you've got yeah. these poor people you drive by on the side of the highway near the dump and you can see them scrounging for stuff and meanwhile there's all this in in north america that's like what most people that's that a cash cow for them yeah, yeah that's that like they, that they can't take, take advantage of yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's like i'm like I, i'm like are you kidding this is like 400 dollars worth of bottles it's yeah. so much yeah and they have got no deposit on <laughs> it and meanwhile somebody's yeah and so costa rica was really cool because they were talking i don't know where this went but this is a few years ago but they were talking about establishing a um like a recyclable exchange mm -hmm. um almost like a stock exchange but for recyclable commodities so mm -hmm. that people could sort of you know uh trade commodities yeah. across certain regions mm -hmm. and I, I don't know whatever happened to it but huh. there was talk about that in some of those latin american countries yeah yeah that's uh yeah that's that's actually a good well, idea you've got uh you got family out there right any any buzz and like how do they deal with because he's got the is it in costa rica or he's got the 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 coffee farm Oh, in Nicaragua. In Nicaragua, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's what's it like for him doing? Okay, because he's he's based in Vancouver. Yeah. And he's got the farm in Nicaragua, mm -hmm. and he's got local workers doing all the work for him and all that kind of stuff. That is correct. Have you ever talked to him at all about how he like the business management side is like waste or all that kind of stuff, or does the farm just deal with itself? He kind of like subcontracts the coffee from these guys in a, in a way, like the wine, the vineyards here, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's true. Um, to, to be honest with you, I yeah. haven't really gone to the specifics of that, but he'll be cool to talk about. But he'll be here next week, so maybe we'll bring him in and uh, and see how that works for him. I'm really interested about that kind of stuff, yeah. especially like when you talk about locally. How in a way we kind of well, not they haven't failed us, but you'll learn now about how the recycling isn't the way we thought it was. And talking to you about how your like your company is stripping it, like actually just shredding it, stripping it. Was it magnetically or like ionically pulling the stuff out? Uh, with the like e-waste stuff. The e-waste stuff. Yeah, it, uh, you know, it uses a non-active chemical to That's right. put it into a um, 
like a, a water yep. form, a bath. And then um, it uses actually like uh, cathodes, charged yeah, cathodes. that's what it was, yeah. That will uh, attract that metal, mm-hmm. right? And then you scrape it off and then you've got to settle it and mm-hmm. do some stuff to it after. Eventually but, you get yeah, down to the actual raw material. It's 99 point, like with gold, you can get it to 99.9% pure gold. Which is fascinating. So in my mind, I think about like the stuff we have been throwing out and the things that we do have like in the drawer, like the cell phones in your drawer. You've yeah. got like that one drawer you open up, it's got cables and like four or five old phones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like all that going to somebody who doesn't know what they're doing with it. When it just kind of gets broken down, they maybe pull the battery out so it doesn't explode. If they can't, if they can't crush it and get all the plastic out, it just goes into a landfill. So like the education is changing so much more now, right? It's like almost like you're sitting on the cutting edge of the education changing rather than just the technology of taking the, like the, the precious metals out. It's actually a full page turn right now for like the education of how we're going to get it out of there, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people will, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. The, um, the, yeah, cause a lot of people will buy your, um, your old phones. Your old phones. And like you obviously know they're not going to use them for like as a phone, mm-hmm. but they will extract every single. Piece There's got to be something in there, right? There's obviously like like Neil, you probably know this more than we do. That uh, like a cell phone will contain probably more metals than. Uh, yeah, it's like it's 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 completely then probably what the phone is worth even almost. Well, can yeah. they reclaim silicone? Like, is that the kind of thing you can? Yeah. So. Uh... Silicone, I'm not sh- not through our process. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what the reclamation process on silicone is. To be tr- to be honest, like yeah. I, I know through this process that we have access to um, gold, silver, platinum, palladium are the the components. Those, that yeah, we those, those are yeah. the big ones, right? Uh, the big ones. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, the interesting thing about it is like with phones and old technology, sometimes um, you know we have a, a disposable culture in this part of the world, right? But a lot of those, that stuff, it, it, it sometimes it's not even the reclamation of the precious metal; mm-hmm. it's actually parts harvesting. Mm-hmm. So what happens is like you know we we have the old iPhone four or five sitting in the drawer because yeah. everybody's on to an eleven Pro now, mm-hmm. right? And but somebody somewhere is willing to pay like fifty bucks 50 for bucks, a screen yeah. from oh, a yeah. five. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you know, and, and it, you know, in your travel experiences, right? In all of ours, like you've 100%. seen it, like places like India, it's not a disposable culture. Like your toaster breaks, they fix it and they, they fix, fix it, it again yeah. and they fix it again. Mm-hmm. They fix oh, it again, they still right? have shoe, uh, cobblers. I mean, you go yeah. to every street in India has got somebody who's fixing your shoes because mm-hmm. your shoe will have a hole in it. And there's a guy out there who's got cardboard and leather and he'll fix your shoe. Yeah. It doesn't think, matter what it is. Yeah. If you, if you look at the baseline argument, I guess yeah. that's why. Apple is not going to, is no longer, is no, is not needed in India. And they, that's why it's struggling there. AK not needed because people will just like how Neil said, yep. is that, uh, why would I, if I was in India, why would I pay? Like, so, oh, why there's, would a, I, yeah, yeah, there's a guy iPhone, using a Galaxy S4 with a brand totally new fine, screen yeah. that comes from wherever, yeah. right? So Who like, gives it? He doesn't care. Yeah. He's just communicating. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I totally agree with Neil. It's like, but it's funny yeah. though. Cause like, uh, of Nintendo, the Game Boy, mm-hmm. There, the Game Boy comes out, and it's a, it's a great little unit. The Advance comes out. Everybody went nuts for it. I think it's one of the highest-selling um, ga- video gaming units of all time, or game game consoles of all time. But it's got no screen that lights up. So you got to play this thing in the sun or next to a light so you can actually see what's happening in it. Guys who are taking the Game Boy Advance, I think the second was the SP, was it with the flip? Mm-hmm. They're taking that thing, stripping it down because it doesn't work or feel as good as the, as the original Advance does, getting all the light materials out of it, the uh, the front light screen, the actual screen itself, and building their own front-lit Game Boy Advances to the point where the, they were just harvesting that Game Boy Advance SP just for the screen. And now you got this piece that does nothing. Yeah. Like you got this little little unit that's perfectly fine on its own, but you can't do shit with it because like it's just for harvesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like a weird kind of recycling going on there where you're recycling to make one thing better, but then you've got all these parts just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. So yeah. like, what do you do with that now? Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, it's it's interesting, right? Because the the um, comment you'd made about batteries, right? So they mm-hmm. don't blow anything up. So um, I was just at a conference in Orlando a few months back, and it was uh, in the electronics waste space. But the big there's a huge awareness right now, and especially in the U.S. about uh, lithium ion batteries yeah. and the impact they have in the waste stream, like not from fires and all that. Mm. But the interesting part about it, you know, kind of what I thought would be interesting to hear from you guys too, is like, you know, with all like the prevalence of electronic cars and you see like Tesla launches, yeah. like their Cybertruck and yeah. all this like cool vehicles coming out. Right. And, uh, and they all run on lithium ion. Well, lithium ion right now is considered to be the, one of the hardest things to reprocess. So when you take lithium off of like, if you can take lithium out of a existing lithium ion battery, mm-hmm. you can only, and, and don't, this is not something to be quoted because I'm just shooting. It's just a here, loose idea. But yeah. it's, but it's like, they said something to the effect of like that lithium can only go back to like a 30% like of its like potential usability usability mm. so like it's a very degraded uh sort of uh reprocessing of that lithium mm-hmm. so they're saying like that's going to be the next shortfall in a precious commodity is going to be lithium oh for sure it's, there's, yeah. there's just mm-hmm. not enough to support the need well that and, goes back to that cobalt mining you were talking about right in the yeah. bottom of the earth of the ocean floor yeah because i mean cobalt is big in uh i think if i'm not right if i'm not wrong it's it's got like a nuclear uh component to it and lithium batteries yeah so they're just like what you're saying the, the amount of cobalt on the ocean floor yeah they're talking about harvesting there's like a, a bit of a, a race um between different regions and the un is allocated in the pacific uh, certain sectors of the ocean and they're harvesting nodules off the bottom of the ocean floor really? that take like years and years to like develop mm-hmm. but they're very very mineral rich and things like um, it was cobalt and magnesium magnesium mm-hmm. and a few other precious metals mm-hmm. um i mean it's just interesting right because you don't know what the impact is on the ecosystem well, by taking those things away, the water right? might so, need that stuff right yeah. like i mean because mineral in like the minerals in the water and minerals that we replenish ourselves with all come from somewhere so yeah. what's it gonna what's gonna happen when you strip all that out of the water well when you okay, when you strip that out of the water right the water key the water is a very has to be a very balanced ecosystem right yeah Especially, exactly yeah because it all has to do with the, the, the ph of the ocean water right it's so, a petri dish man yeah so like that's so on a large scale, I can see that like corrupting. Uh, it's, like, there's going to be problems. Yeah, water pH, and then that yeah. that affects ocean life. So, but yeah. So, but back to Neil's point about lithium lithium ion. Like, mm-hmm. I know that because um, uh, I've I've watched documentaries on uh, on um, on battery technology, like yeah. especially when they're used in like cars um, with Tesla um, uh, and all the other big name brands. But like the the thing about uh, battery technology is that it's it never stays in the same place it is always vamping yeah it's up, always right? moving so i guess they want to use uh they want to extrapolate as much as they can per kilowatt hour for example right so the technology is uh is going up and up and up so it's getting more so that's why they want to make, sh- make sure that uh, tesla's become cheaper and cheaper and cheaper right so i think like we were we were just was it you and me or i think you and me were talking about that earlier that's that's where you got the idea you coming on was the um batteries from electric cars and teslas and whatnot that are degraded because i mean lithium just degrades over time it just eventually the it 100% does, yeah, isn't yeah, there it, anymore yeah that's true. and guys have been taking batteries uh from like toyotas and teslas and whatnot and using them to build their own power walls yeah. So like they'll build a power wall in their garage to power the solar panels they've got in the rooftops now. Mm-hmm. So instead of relying on Tesla to build that bank for you and spending, you know, whatever, 80,000 or 50,000, whatever it is, you're just getting these batteries that nobody wants anymore and building your own power wall. If you have the know-how, right? Like if you kind of have an understanding or there could be companies out there doing it for you as well. But uh, what I was reading was um, the globe or something, but it was a guy who did it himself where he's just 
putting it out there. Like, I want batteries. If you've got a battery that you're not yeah, using anymore. Yeah, that's true. Because actually, I'm not sure if you guys uh, heard the news uh, at around 6 o'clock or something. Today? Yeah. All, like, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but uh, there's like a, a major rise in like alternator thefts. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard it's, like Ford's got two, and they're like pulling yeah, both. There's, yeah, there's like no, yeah, there's oh, no, really? yeah, there's, <laughs> there's like there's there's theft in Edmonton. Like people are just stealing alternators from yeah. like uh, dealerships. Uh, people just and just cars on the street. That's they're crazy. Just, they're just ripping them out of everywhere. Why alternators? Now it, I it would. Could, it could be like what you were just talking about. I like, wouldn't be surprised. Got, it has something to do with the uh, the aftermarket use, right? There's got to be yeah. something in it's, those yeah, alternators, exactly, yeah. or it's it's probably a specific what? type mm-hmm. in reliance. There's, there's copper and a lot of copper and aluminum in alternators. But oh, really? No really high end componentry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or it could be like to power something to keep them warm in the winter. I don't well, I mean, know, you would know. I mean, knows, yeah. is there a difference in the alternator for an electric vehicle compared to a standard gasoline uh, vehicle? Well, it, you know. I, I don't have like I haven't looked at a lot of the electrical vehicle vehicles intimately because mm-hmm. I've been kind of distant from that world. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah, from the automotive space, but it. Um, uh, my understanding is that they regenerate their charge using like the motion, mm-hmm. right? So like yeah. they're using to a small so, degree. Yeah, to a, to a small degree they yeah. do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean that's the I, idea behind them. I'm not exactly sure what their alternator technology is like though, right? Yeah, like, if they're using yeah. that to charge the battery, I'm not sure if they're yeah, cause the yeah, because the only way electric car can, can charge its battery while it's right while you're driving it is through regenerative braking. Braking, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So that's so it will um, even if you like you, you can drive a Tesla. Like uh, I'm not sure, Neil. I'm not sure if you've driven one before, yeah. but like uh, the because uh, when you drive, you can drive without using the brake because right. it'll like you as soon as you lift off the accelerator, the, you can the car will just gr- will just slow down by itself, and you can adjust it as well, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, lithium ion batteries are being built now not only to last, not only to make the engine, uh, not only to make the car cheaper because the battery technology is expensive, obviously, yeah. right? But we want to make sure that the, the battery can last longer. So now that because uh, when Tesla's first came out, the battery was good for uh, X number of miles. Like it was under maybe maybe three hundred thousand. I think it was under three hundred. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but now Tesla is now, now Tesla is, is making batteries that can go for a million miles. That's insane. So the battery technology is is getting better and better. But well, graphene's going to come into play too, right? Exactly. So is is battery is lithium ion the long term solution mm-hmm. for uh for uh for you know traveling for the masses? Who knows, right? Like that's not because it, it is a finite resource. Yeah, I so, mean, there's not there's there's what's in the earth, and that's it. Yeah, so like when getting it from the battery, getting it back from the battery is not easy. Exactly. So yeah. I'm not sure if they're gonna do like there's because uh, when your battery reaches the end of its life, it's it's life. Are they gonna be able to recycle the the batteries, or I'm not sure what they do with the lithium. I'm not mm-hmm. too sure, but uh, um, whether they do battery swaps once your car is like you know once your car your your you drive your car a million miles. Then what? But the car, if the car is still rigid and, and structurally sound, well, I think Tesla do does do then? a battery swap. So you probably have yeah. to do a battery. Because I know, um, I actually know somebody who had their battery changed in their uh, Lexus, mm-hmm. like, and that's like, I mean, that's not the same technology, but it is also an electric battery. It's a battery on, yeah. on a hybrid, right? And they can pull it and put it back yeah. in. So I'm pretty sure you can probably do a battery yeah. swap, but still, like, how how cost effective is that? And then what happens to the the old components? Like, what's going to go on that that old battery? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure like the casing and all that's going to be fine, but still, there's a big chunk of metal in there. There's a big piece of lithium. Well, if you think, just uh, well, if you think about this, let's see if you're, let's see if you buy let's see if you buy a Tesla right now. That let's see it has a bad the battery can go eight hundred thousand miles, right? Mm-hmm. How many years would it take you to drive eight hundred thousand miles? That's a lot. That's a lot, right? That's a lot of miles. But by the by the time you by the time you reach the the, the end of the battery's life, the car the the battery technology hopefully will have caught up to where it's like it's it's more efficient. It's cost effective to have to not replace your car. Well, if your yeah. car goes yeah. to shit, can you grab your battery and put it in a new car? Yeah, because like Elon yeah. Musk, uh, Elon Musk, car is disposable. The yeah. Batteries, yeah, exactly. the batteries where the money's at. Like how much? How, how much? Like 
how much is how much is a shell of a car? Like how much is how much like metal? How much? What's the cost of metal? In well, that was the joke, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, exactly. was it Al Bundy? There was like twenty five bucks worth of metal in this thing. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't think it's that much, but it's definitely yeah. less than the actual. Like the manufacturing is where the money's at. Like all the people you're paying to put that thing together. Yeah. Like all that, the metal itself is probably not as much as what the car is worth, but. I mean, you're not building it yourself. Yeah, that's why BMWs, like Mercedes-Benz, Audis, yep. that's why they don't last forever. They 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 make their money on uh, on servicing. So, yeah, that's true, right? Yeah, so like that that's the thing. Like I would never, like me personally, I would never buy those cars. Mm-hmm. I would definitely lease them because within after the end of your lease, there's a new model out that's probably way better. If it flies, drives, or floats, you lease. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I mean, that's just, there's yeah. another one in there, huh? too, right? Yeah. I would, oh, yeah. yeah. There is one more, but that's, uh, oh, it's yeah. sexist. <laughs> well, I don't know. It could work both ways. I mean, I don't think I don't think I, I, I don't think paying for male sex is any different than paying for. Female it's not, sex. man. Yeah, I, it's I would, absolutely I'd be not. Willing to bet that, you yeah. know, it's the same. It has to be the same Somebody's thing. Somebody's probably oh, done a study on that shit. Right? I wouldn't doubt it. Oh, right? we. I think we just had a conversation about that, like about the uh, the idea of male versus female, like paying for male versus paying for female. Oh yeah. Like yeah. women are just as rabid as men. They're just not outwardly rabid. Like you're not hearing it as much in your face, but I mean, yeah, like, they, don't I've wear, worked, they, they don't wear it on their sleeve. I've worked lots yeah. of bars where we had like ladies' nights and strippers come in, and those guys are terrified. Like mm-hmm. some guys just knew there were regulars in the crowd that were not going to be kind to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I just don't think it's as yeah. outwardly yeah, those, those, those uh, visible, are mar- right? That's marriage material, right there. Yeah, right there, exactly. That's marriage material. Yeah. Now, that's 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 fascinating though. I like the idea of um of technology changing, and like where it's going to go from here, because there is more education just readily available. I mean, you can Google search anything and. You can find pros and cons to everything, but if you actually look for the information you're looking for properly, you can find like what's happening to your goods after it leaves your house, right? Yeah, like I like I, I kind of like the idea of like what uh, like what what Neil is doing and what uh, like how he's approaching it is because like you what you want is that like if you look at it from like a from a higher perspective, right? You see like okay, what's what logically should be happening, right? You have a society that let's do like uh, that has um, a lot of things that are. Um, like highly man- like that are well manufactured have all these things that are valuable in them mm-hmm. but they once they're done with them they just toss them away so what's the next logical step yeah strip them down reclaim what you can from it and then you know recycle what you can't right like and just like but uh but anything that's valuable in there re- re- um, extract it and then use it again right that is the logical step what you think would happen right yeah so well, that, well you'd hope it you would hope it so right and then i'm glad that there's uh but there's people like Neil, people like the he, that people that he's talking to and the people who he's associated with mm-hmm. are are taking that initiative and not only like doing something that they love, but are good at it and are successful at well, it. Well, so, like genuinely care about it. Yeah, that's yeah. Care like, about the space, right? Yeah. So I, th- I think what Neil's doing that because that, that's what I admire is like if you if you love what you do, yeah, and it's it's an it's admirable work. And he's good at it. That's, that's stick to it. That, that's a win-win all <laughs> yeah, around. That's a win. So, yeah. It's super yeah. interesting, right? Yeah. To, like, kind of to close the loop on. And I appreciate you mm-hmm. saying all that, you know. But I think, uh, you know, to close the loop on on sort of the earlier conversation, right? That's the trouble. That's the double-edged sword with the whole social media piece and yeah. all mm-hmm. that, right? Because um, why I've stayed away from it, like, uh, honestly, like, this conversation, I think it's an interesting conversation. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I don't know if other people do, but I, I, I feel it's an interesting conversation because it's it's a part of my life, like, yeah. holistically mm-hmm. part of my life, right? Like, yeah. all these things that we've Well, it's part about. of your personal philosophy, yeah. too, right? Yeah, and, exactly. And, I mean, like, look at all, look at the conversation. It's, like, batteries, cars, technology, mm-hmm. cell phones. <laughs> like, how many things have we talked about that yeah. impact that we, we need on a daily basis right? oh yeah but the 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 hard part about it is like you know i don't really talk about this to too many people right and um because and, and the challenge with the social media piece is like there's lots of like bullshit on there 
right? There's a lot of people that like kind of ninety percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> it's like ninety percent horseshit. Yeah, through that, right? Because you could put, you know, I've never been the kind of person that wants to put up a bunch of BS. Like yep. we're trying, we're trying to do the right things. When we go to market with something, we hope we have a very well vetted. Um, you know, well-functioning solutions so that mm-hmm. we can actually offer it to our client base, right? Mm-hmm. And do a really good job of it. But I don't think like, you know, I feel like all too often you see people like, you know, that are cl- making claims, right? Or pretending to be a certain way or live a certain life, right? Mm-hmm. And, and like, it's like the CEOs I admire mm-hmm. are, are like, you know, I just happen to be wearing a Patagonia shirt. It mm-hmm. wasn't by, you know, like choice, but I just happened to throw it on, but it made me think about it. Like guys like Yvonne Chouinard from Patagonia, yep. right? And he, like, he talks about sustainability. So like when organic cotton was like the thing, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, no, 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 it's not about organic cotton. He's like, it's about like, was your organic cotton farm getting water from an aquifer yep. under the earth that yeah. took like 3 million years to fill? Mm-hmm. Or was your organic cotton farm in a sustainable rain region mm-hmm. where like you weren't like drilling into an aquifer to produce organic cotton, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, there's a difference between those things, right? Because the consumer thinks like, oh, I'm going to support this brand. It's really cool. It's organic cotton. I'm totally an environmentalist. And he's yeah. like, no, there's no. Layer, there's layers to this. There's game. layers. Oh, there's, there's <laughs> so yeah, much bullshit out there. Dig, dig a little bit further. <laughs> yeah, we had a we had a guy uh, probably about like more than ten years ago now, at uh, at the old Reds there, and we got this bus, not a bus, it was like a, a stretch Humvee, right? Yeah. A bunch of twelve year old girls come out. It's a bunch of twelve year old girls there for like a birthday party, and they're just having a good time. And this dude, he looks like Freddy Krueger on crack, so he's just standing out there and he starts yelling at these kids like, "You're destroying the environment. You're garbage, and your parents are garbage. You're killing the earth." Look at him, like the hell is wrong with this guy? Mm-hmm. Hey, buddy, what's going on? He's just yelling at these kids about the environment. So I'm like, dude, your fucking shoes, man! Like you're wearing Nikes, and all your clothes by made in a sweatshop, destroying the planet. The carbon footprint that you put out just by buying what you bought, because it all looks like it's half new. It's not garbage stuff. You're just dressed cheap because you want to look cheap, but you're paying money for it. But the education that he's got in his head is such bullshit because he's just looking at the car and thinking about the output the car is making, not thinking about what he's actually wearing. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's everybody. Like you said, I mean, everybody's just like, I'm wearing organic, I'm a good person, a carpool, I'm a good person, I'm a hippie, I'm a good person. But the stuff they're buying is just such poor, like poorly built for the environment. You know, their they're supporting industries are bad to the yeah, world. Yeah, and I yeah. think a lot of it is because it becomes image oriented. Absolutely. Not, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not oriented towards a value that you have yeah. or a way that you want to live, right? You and, have a 10 tree shirt. Yeah, and you know, yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, like frankly, like I don't give a shit what anybody thinks, yep. right? Like I'm not doing this because I want a bunch of likes on social media. I'm not doing this because I want a bunch of people to like think it's awesome. I'm doing it because I actually think it's the right way to live. Yeah. Or you'd right? be on like, social media. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. But, Trying to be an but, influencer. You know, yeah. but, uh, but, but, but it's tough, right? Because I think what happens is like, like I, I think sometimes should we be like, should we be doing that? Because we're actually, I feel like we're actually one of the people trying to do it right. Yeah. There's you know, definitely there's- a happy medium to be, to be had. Like, right. I mean, if you get the right guy pushing with you yeah. instead of just like, you know, trying to pay off an influencer to show your brand on their, their page or whatever it is, yeah. mm-hmm. there's definitely a right way to do it. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, it is cutting through the bullshit because there's so much bullshit out there, right? There's yeah. just, social media is a double-edged sword. It's just, it's really hard to find who's going to help you out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Social media is like it's, uh, it's, it's all it is. It's just like it's space where you people either can take advantage of it in the sense of like self gratification mm-hmm. and just need it to like. Oh, it's noise. Like, I can't get I can't get through a day without looking at Facebook, whatever. But it also gives you an it also gives you an audience. So <laughs> yeah, or, what you what you use that for yeah. is like use it in like. Uh, are you a sandwich board guy or are you Neil trying to make a difference? Yeah. Because like the sandwich board guy has got, you know, the like repent written across the board and he's ringing the bell 
the end is nigh. Like yeah, that crazy person like, on the side of the street. Like Bruce Willis in Die Hard 3. Yeah, but he's got a phone now, right? That's exactly right. That guy has a phone. Yeah. And he can tweet his madness out into the world. And everybody's just going to either, like you either get drowned out by the noise of that person. And you get mm-hmm. sick of social media and you walk away. Or you need to be on there to make a difference. But you're kind of dejected by all that bullshit that you're getting from that guy, right? That's true. Yeah. Such a, yeah. Like, social media is so say, gross. I just, I think when I, what, I think I went on Instagram the last time, it was like maybe a month ago or something. Mm-hmm. I just saw like, people i used to respect yeah and uh <laughs> yeah and i they're, they're putting and i saw their pictures on there and they're just selfies of them in like weird positions and whatever it's rough man i'm, I'm sitting there uh, i just looked at them i'm like you know what i know that wasn't the only picture they took of that oh no that, that was one of 20 and they probably yeah. like they, they picked the best one and then they edited it to make sure that they're yep, they look as happy the as, shit out of it yeah. as happy as as good looking as possible yeah, right for sure that's just sad I mean, living that's just uh yeah, 100%. i took a photo of a friend of ours like a while ago like a really nice photo of a friend of ours and yeah. um, that was basically my ex-wife's entire existence. Oh. Social media. Well, uh, yeah, and just like it, it's ironic, and this yeah. isn't about ragging on her, but oh, I mean, yeah, it's no? it's, yeah. a, it's about like you know just a, as an example because that's obviously a close example to me. Well, no, it's but it's funny because you you know you're you're around a person mm-hmm. and you're like okay the way <laughs> the way you're projecting mm-hmm. and like what reality is or yeah. two very different right. things oh, right? yeah. and and i've never been the kind of person to be like oh i need to combat that with like more social media yeah. i'm like you know what man like like me or hate me like i, I don't really give a shit yep. you know what i mean like, and that's... I'm, I'm doing what i do the way i do it and i'm super good to the people around me and like you know and that's what i care about right yep. like exactly i was saying yep. that's like, what you care about more than the uh you need six friends in life, man. You got to. You need six pallbearers to carry your casket. Oh so, fuck yeah! Like, that's the way I look good at way, it. Man. Good way. Good way to put it, man. Yeah, uh, that's that's it, right? Yeah. I wanna so. I wanna go missing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I wanna go missing in like a a weird accident or just like I I, I literally have always thought about not to like veer off topic, but the idea of the pallbearers. I've always just wanted to like fall off the face of the earth and people wonder what happened to me. It's a DB Cooper. Yeah, like a mystery. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not gonna parachute out of a plane or anything, but I definitely want to go missing and people wonder what happened. It's they become a story that lasts. Yeah, yeah, one of those crazy shit. Actually, yeah, that, but, was, that was that was. A, I think I told you about this. Like, if it, it, that's a great feeling, like not to that extent, but when I uh, when I was leaving Vancouver mm-hmm. and I left, and I I just left without. You didn't tell, tell anybody. I had tons of I was I had tons of family there. They all knew they all knew I was there. But then after I, was, I finished my work contract, I was like, uh, I was like, I'm gone. I'm leaving. <laughs> Howdy, pal. And I didn't because I know like Indian people, like all your family would want to like like, hey, you know what? I'll have one night, one last night out in Vancouver. We'll go for dinner. And Come then, on, or lead some kind of great. And the weird thing was, you know, I'm not sure if you remember this, but like yeah. I drove the next morning. I just said, I'm, I told my yeah, uncle, yeah, like I'm I leaving. This, and yeah. then I went. So, and then I, I was driving, and then I called uh, Sandy, mm-hmm. and I said, I goes, what? I said, yeah, I'm on my way back to Edmonton. Then he said, uh, he goes, oh, we're actually going to Neil's place for a. Uh, for, for a party and I said like, okay, so as, as soon as my road trip was gone I got yeah. home took a shower went straight to this guy's place that's pretty good <laughs> yeah I, I, bu- I believe we had a keg and yeah. a few beer bongs oh yeah that was uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that that was nuts yeah that was I was so tired but I'm like somebody just and then yeah then we just got wasted yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good those are but, standard issue yeah exactly yeah. That, that's yeah, pretty that, normal that's when, you, that's when you were in the West End I think right yeah that's yeah, right yeah. yeah so a little while ago this is yeah, a while ago. Yeah. This is like yeah. in 2009, 2010. Yeah. Around oh yeah, that was some time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, there's always it is kind of nice to to like get away and do that whole thing where you just you're not you're not cutting ties with people. You're not trying to trying to piss anybody off. But at the same time, you do just want to maybe just escape without letting anybody have that I think, whole. I think it's cathartic. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Well, mm-hmm. I think you never know. Um, you know, who's really in your corner until mm-hmm. push comes to shove, right? Mm-hmm. And and. Uh, that's the hard part. Right? Oh yeah, it, for it, sure. It's like, there's a whole bunch of like, um, you know, like, I don't know, like 
yeah, it, until life gets hard, you really don't know who's there. And who's oh, for not, sure. Right? Yeah, and, definitely, definitely. And you're right. It's cathartic. It's, yeah. it's a cleanse, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and it's okay. Cutting yeah. loose is totally fine. It's absolutely. I'm, like, I've, I've always said I've been pretty lucky. Like, the guys that we started this with, you guys, I mean, I know who, like, my group. I've got my group, and I'm good with it, and I'm happy there. I'm happy with those people. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you're, you meet certain other friends after a while. Like I said, you lose that respect after seeing them on social media. You just, you realize at our age, like we were talking about somebody else earlier, that there are certain things in the age group we're at now. We don't want to be doing that now. We'd much rather have done that when we were in our twenties <laughs> and it's just let it be like there, there are certain adult aspects to life. You don't have to grow up. Like that's like the, the, the quote unquote, like don't grow up yeah. at the same time. I don't, I don't want to, you have to let things go. You have to let certain aspects and, yeah. of your, of your personality die in your twenties. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be carrying that shit into your forties or even when you're older. Like who was that? Uh, God, I was just listening to something. Somebody talked about turning 50. They're like all these things I thought I was going to do by the time I'm 50, like travel, eat certain weird foods, maybe have a couple of weird relationships, whatever it was. I want to have them done by the time I'm 50. And then they realize they're already in their forties, like fifties, fifties knocking, man. Yeah. It's right there. It's coming pretty quick. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in just like d- d- do what you do, what you want to do in the moment. Exactly. Like, yeah, don't exactly waste time. Right. It, it could be all over before you even know it. Oh, it, yeah. and it, it's, that's just it. We've, we know some people just, just recently this last year or so where mm-hmm. they had all these plans and they are not around anymore because it was like either, like either they just dropped by accident or mm-hmm. they got hit by a bus. Yeah. Or, you know, depression, who knows what it was, but people just aren't around anymore and you never know what's going to hit, when yeah, it's gonna hit right? Yeah, because like, like, then they'll, because they, they think that life has to be this certain way, especially with Indian people, like with, uh, um, you know, the, the, you know, that formula that I think we've talked about this, the, you know, the formula they, they follow when they like, you know, they, they graduate from high school, they go to university, graduate, yeah. meet someone in university, hopefully get married, then have kids and white picket fence, all that bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. And when people subscribe to that, they're like, okay, I know I have to do that, right? They, and then they live the five-year plan. Yeah, that, that five-year plan. And then when it doesn't happen, because you know they it breaks uh, their brain, man. Yeah, like they get, they get into like they they just want to they just want to crush ass or whatever it is or whatever. And they just and then when it doesn't happen, they feel like they have to that they're settling, but they don't even know it. They have no idea. Yeah, it's just a it's a sad just decline and just like well, it's sad, you know. but it goes kind of back to that social media thing. They're showing you something different. Their, yeah. their personal life is awful. Yeah, but they're showing you all this great shit that's happening to them, and it's all artificial because like you you go onto your Instagram or on your Facebook and you see them with these like these Photoshop photos yeah. mm-hmm. of how awesome it's going, but meanwhile it's just it's crumbling for them mm-hmm. like their their mental their mental state is is failing because they've had this idea what their life was going to be and it's not that yeah like some people think that some for some people and when they meet people for the first time it's like that's one of the openers like oh what's your uh what's your instagram account that's like, that's gross oh, that? i'm like what? that is pretty fucking gross yeah, it's just yeah. like like, like get the fuck away from me good gravy <laughs> like you know i'm from a generation where i can actually talk to girls with my mouth yeah so yeah. like you know like <laughs> I, like i'm like like, we, we're extremely swipe, lucky swipe on tinder i'm swipe like why don't you just talk to her yeah, yeah. like yeah. no i think we're yeah. we're really lucky art. it's a lost it's the a artist lost art is a lost art like oh. this generation does not know what the fuck they're doing. no man. well they're terrified too yeah. yeah i mean these days you say the wrong thing to the wrong person and you get canceled in real time yeah. i mean remember back in the day if you knew somebody's a was, was it, i was just gonna say the interesting part about that is like you know the fact that people care that they get canceled right like, yeah how gross yeah, is that yeah i mean that can make or yeah. break you by like a comment on your instagram page yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, I feel bad for it because obviously i have two daughters right and they're kind of at that age you know like my older one for sure the little mm-hmm. one's still pretty good but it's like you know i had 14 and and 12 right and then lisa has got two kids right so um you know they're all in that kind of 16 to 12 year old range and and it's just like how much like 
these kids, I think about it all the time. I'm like, they literally do not know what it's like to grow up without like internet on their phone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? At any given moment. Yeah. Like we grew up and we were kind of probably the last of that era. Like we had to like, we had those TVs that had three channels. You had to get up. There was like even a remote to like click it. Does he have TV at the smack? Exactly. (laughs) If you were like, if you clicked it too hard, maybe and the friggin' thing broke and you go get the pliers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 That's right. Like, I mean, that was, that was normal for us. If the TV went out, it didn't matter. That's Mm -hmm. right. Like we just did something else. Yeah. But now it's like, if the internet is out, and adults, man, people in our age group, they they don't know how to do shit anymore. Well, it's the old mm-hmm. adage, right? That like scarcity is the mother of innovation. innovation. Right? Yep, yep, and, that's right. Yep. And like you know, my kids, like you know, it's a double again, another double edged sword. But it's like you know, you, you work so hard because you want them to have all the things we didn't do. You know, I I know you guys really well, and like you know, we didn't grow up in like affluent like community with like a lot oh, no, of stuff friend. you know like it was <laughs> yeah. the, the complete opposite like mm-hmm. i don't have a high school diploma you yeah. know what i mean like mm-hmm. you know we, we we grew up getting in a lot of trouble and with a lot of shit around us and and i want better for my kids but my kids sure don't have the same appreciate they have like they're so much smarter on so many levels so they've access to all this information mm-hmm. and their, their ability to absorb and learn is so fast because mm-hmm. of technology but then they literally couldn't find their way out of a wet paper bag like yeah. oh yeah you know, with, like, with the technology, with the technology, yeah, with mm-hmm. the assistance of the technology, yeah, they're, they're like, "What do we do?" Yeah, but we only have one phone, and there's two of us. Like, how how are we gonna get a hold of you? I'm like, uh, you're gonna kidding? be like, fine. Yeah. We used to like take the bus, go to the mall, and be like, "Hey, yeah, Roger, I'm gonna meet you at West End." Yeah. I was like, "Okay, what time? Noon? Noon where? Whatever. Yeah. Okay, we'll meet by the whale and like the whatever, right?" Yeah. And, and it's like, if somebody's not there, you wait ten minutes, and you're like, "I guess they're not coming," and then yeah. you go find yeah. something else to do, and then you, you bump into them later. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you? Oh, dude, the arcade, fucking high score on Street Fighter. Yeah. Like, yeah that's yeah, what yeah, would yeah, happen. Totally. Right. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't panic about it. You just would deal with it. I think that's the thing. Like the the art of dealing with it is lost. Yeah. Like the art of being able to deal. Yeah. Because there are people now who it's just, yeah, your if your phone is dead, your life is over. You're not getting anywhere because you can't use your GPS. Yeah. You're going to be bored. Like boredom is gone. Like people aren't bored anymore at all. So like they don't have, their brain doesn't fire at the same rate, right? If you're in the mall waiting for Raju to show up at the whale and your phone dies, well, we're in an age group where the phone goes back in the pocket. Maybe a, there's a store over there and you go kill some time. And again, you might go do something else and you'll bump into them later as a 40 year old. Yeah. But like kids today, it's like they haven't, there's that, uh, I think I talked to Raju about it. We've never talked about this, but there's that internet age thing that you are your internet age. Like with us, we grew up into it. So, I mean, we didn't have the internet. So when the internet shows up, we're one years old and the internet is one year old. So we kind of grow up to where now we're what, 19 years, 20 years separated from the internet. Sure. Yeah. So we're 20 years old, but with our parents, they didn't just log on right away. The internet was born. It went on for about five or six years. They would ask you, what is this internet? Yeah. So now if they get onto it five years after you, well, they're only 15. They're younger. And kids today, again, if they were born, they're 15 years old and they got on the internet when they were maybe five or 10, they're only 10 years old. But we take that for granted because like we can navigate the real world because our internet age is greater than theirs. So we have a greater understanding of the internet. Yeah. So we can, we get that it's just a tool, man. If that tool doesn't work, I've got a toolbox right here that yeah. will do way more with it. No, you're so right. Yeah. It's like the other day, like my, uh, I like somebody had sent me like a corrupted file and I accidentally opened it. I actually asked the guy, I'm like, this looks like spam. And he's like, no, no, no I sent you something. And I, and it's I think cool. he chill. sent me like two emails that day and like he just didn't realize it was sending out like a virus on yeah. top of like the email that he meant. Nice. Right? Anyways, so like I, I, my email was sending out like 
it, it must have got some bug. It was sending out spam. So I was like, fuck, I got to deal with this shit. Mm. I can swear, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Good. Um, um, and anyway, so then um, my somehow my sister must have told my mom that, like, my computer had, like, uh, oh, a yeah. virus. And my mom literally calls me. And she's like, 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 is everything good? Like, your computer's infected? I'm like, yeah, some shit. Like, yeah. whatever. It's got a, it's got a bug. And she's like, well, is mine, like, corrupted, too? Like, is my computer infected? And I'm like, why the fuck would yours be infected? <laughs> like, it's not like I... Because like, related? Just, I didn't yeah, sneeze on your computer, yeah. Because like, I came over and touched it. Like, it doesn't work that way. Like... <laughs> Man, not not to not, your your mom's great. Not to knock on your mom, but she told me one time that her internet gave her a pop up that was suspicious, so she unplugged the computer. Yeah, we could literally do an entire podcast <laughs> oh, on my mom. I, no, but our I, parents I, I, are I, like that, man. No, it's I, not just I, your mom. No, it's, yeah. it's our parents in that yeah. generation. I, have, no, I bet you, I think my dad, my dad's way worse. Yeah, their Hands internet age is, is yeah. younger than ours, so yeah. they just can't cope at the same levels we can. No, yeah. my dad, like this is years ago, like when when. Uh, uh, when Windows 95 kind of first came out, right? Yeah. So my dad was like, so uh, my computer got a virus, right? Mm-hmm. So a guy came, one of my dad's uh, students came over because he, he he knew he is a computer guy. He came over and he said, uh, and then he came over to fix it. And he's like, he goes, yeah, your computer has a virus. Then my dad thought it was the, the computer was sick. Like actually had he's a cold. He said, he said, is there a fungus in there? No. And he's, he's like, is it sick? Does it need to like, does it, the guy's like, he looked at my dad for a second like, what the fuck did you what the, what the fuck are you talking about he had that moment but my dad's like oh, okay so it's not sicker right and then i was like no dad it's a machine it doesn't it doesn't have feelings it can't like it it doesn't get actually sick it's just it has a virus on it yeah, yeah. it's a it's a computer it's it has, it has nothing to do with that right my dad's like oh he goes now i'm learning <laughs> yeah. that's but it's good i mean the thing is if he learns is great but there are some people who just they're they're resistant to change, right? They don't want to learn. They oh just, yeah, like my dad like, shut down. Yeah, when I bought him an iPad, that's his favorite thing because it has one physical button on it. Yeah, and he it's t- he can touch it and do all that stuff, right? It's very yeah, unlikely it's gonna get a, get a virus or a bug. Yeah, even pop ups are super rare on like Apple devices. Yeah, so, sure. I mean, that's it's yeah. good for him. Yeah, so I, I, he wants to get like a Facebook account. I'm like, Dad, no, don't. <laughs> Fuck, don't, don't don't do it. it. He wants his own email account. I'm like, no one, Dad, no one talks to you, so don't even worry about it. So, Good just yeah, everyone, everything's my phone. So don't complicate your life like that. And he's like, then he's like, oh, I want to. He's like, he's like, I want to be one. I want to have Facebook. I want to be cool. I want to have like the. I can talk to people. I'm like, just phone them. Yeah, just call them, man. Yeah, yeah like how, how you were saying that. Uh, just the, the, the art of the phone call. Is lost. The phone call <laughs> is great. You know, it's it's funny, right? Because like the only like on my birthday, the only like I I hear from like four people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's no prompt or reminder on any social media because I'm not on anything for people to be like, oh, happy birthday, good. Neil. No. So, like, I don't get, like, 200 people doing it or, you know, anything. It's like, yeah. Tony knows my birthday. <sighs> my parents know my birthday. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my sisters. I forget on a regular does, basis. And that's about it. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't yeah. know your birthday. Like, yeah, that's you know just it. I mean? like, well, somebody has to tell you. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, good because then you're out of the yeah. loop of having to fucking thank people. Yeah. I'm sick of that. Yeah, like, I'm sick of the I, like, thank this, yous. This formality, like this, yeah. this bullshit formality, where like you know, like I, mean, I had this conversation with my parents too, and people in my life, right? It's like I think if you can't respect somebody while you're alive, don't go to their funeral. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I have yeah, an yeah, issue yeah. with that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like if you don't treat somebody good day to day, yeah, and you're gonna like shit talk them or like whatever to be like they're not a good person, and then they pass away, and then everybody's like in like absurd, right? Like yeah. mourning this shit. Oh, for sure. Like, oh, yeah. We, we see that on a regular basis. Yeah. We see people who don't have the time to reach out to somebody when they're alive or they talk shit about them and then when somebody dies, suddenly they're their best friend. Yeah. They, yeah. They're yeah, crying that, louder on the casket. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that at funerals. Like, yeah, that's where they, Indian funerals. That. You, yeah, you can see it there and, they, and you're like, people are crying and you're like, 
and you don't want to say it, but inside your head, you're like, that look, that's just that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's yeah, totally man. fake. Well, yeah. I, I remember like um, you know a guy our age that passed away, and like his girlfriend was like friends with like my ex at the time. Mm-hmm. We used to be at our house complaining about how she's like can't stand him. She's gonna break up with him. Like mm-hmm. you know, like all this bullshit. Yeah. And then he dies, mm-hmm. and then she's all like the fucking like oh I was gonna marry him, and like starts crying, and I'm oh, just like you're the such love a of my life, bitch. Yeah, like, exactly. Like honestly, like. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I know. I hate that. I shit. know. Yeah. Just the fact just th- that is like the textbook <laughs> definition of ins- insincerity. And I've cut yeah. all that kind of stuff out of my life. Yeah. Like, you know no, what yeah. I mean? Like we, we like I live a pretty simple, clean life and it's like good. It's mm. like it's it, it is the way to go. I mean, aside from what we do here, this is like the extent, I think, of our of our like uh, in touch being in touch with the real world. But it is so good to just cut away. Like I know like Luke, he cut off all the bullshit on his social media. Like he wasn't a lot of. Like, uh, not, not like the crap friends where he replied or commented, but he always went back and checked in what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And then eventually he just started unfollowing everybody. And it's like his newsfeed is four things. It's like, you know, like car guides mm-hmm. and friggin' yeah. like, you know, flat earth, <laughs> like, you know, not the flat earth, but like the round <laughs> earth. He's not really a flat earther, but he likes to shit on those guys. Yeah. But he just cut out all the garbage and just stuck to the things that make him happy. that don't have a connection to his friend base. Yeah. So like, he's not getting his friends tagging something. He's gonna see because he unfollowed him, mm-hmm. but he just sees things that he wants to see, the news yeah, articles yeah. he wants. And, and you know, I don't want to hate on social media, right? Because in some ways, I oh, no, feel like do. I should. Well, but you know, the other side of it, right? Like you know, like the things that I love, right? Like I love sports, and I feel like I would have, like, if I would have had that when I was like in, you know, in my younger years mm-hmm. as an athlete, I would have like bit, probably been better at some of the sports I played. And but had you mean the, the news? To, well, no, even like things like I mean, how many freaking jujitsu videos can I watch on uh, YouTube yeah. now? Yeah. You know great. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I can literally watch like great. how Andre Galvao does a double underpass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, rewind 15 years ago. I, I, how would I have known that? Yeah. Right? I, like I, and so there's like this brilliant, sorry, not to no, no, yeah, no, I'll, there's like this but, brilliance to it. And, and I like, I feel like, you know, I, in a lot of ways it helps me be a better person, mm-hmm. but I, I honestly personally really struggle with those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've probably created some really harsh ones for myself mm-hmm. to say, I, if I'm going to be on one end of the spectrum, I'm going to be on this end yeah. of it. But I also recognize that my approach is probably not the healthiest approach. Cause I'm missing some things that could make me maybe a better person. Right. Like, I don't just, know. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I think you can navigate it without the social media aspect of it. Like, I think there's definitely a, a place for like a newsfeed. Or like a YouTube feed. I, yeah. yeah. That's good. And I, guess, I agree with that because I think I think what you're saying, yeah, because there, there is something for everybody there because you, yeah. you can take and leave whatever you want. Yeah. So because I, I honestly believe that social media, Facebook, whatever it is, it is a, it's it's just it's just like. Well, it's gross. It's, We've yeah. said it a thousand times. It's well, gross. Well, the thing is like, it's like a, it's a buffet. You can take what you want, leave what you want. You don't have to like, uh, you can use it for whatever you need You don't need for. to eat the veggies if you don't want yeah. them. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, because yeah, like what Neil was talking about, yeah. like uh, how he said, uh, I had wish I had this 15 years ago because you are what you can see like videos on like uh, on MMA and stuff like that. Fucking anything I, you want. I wouldn't even been, I wouldn't even been into MMA if it wasn't for YouTube. Because, oh, there you go. Because I yeah. started watching more clips. I, I found about uh, the, the fighters and stuff like that. I, I got more into them. And that's like, now I'm like, now we can discuss it on podcast because before, be, yeah, you're into it now. You, be you and Raji would talk about like you know you guys would talk about it. I'd, I'd sit in the corner. I'm like, okay, when this is gonna, conversation going to be over? <laughs> I right. want to talk yeah. about best buy. Yeah, so but like yeah, exactly. So like uh, to Neil's point, I agree with him because if, if it wasn't yeah. for that, I wouldn't be either. I wouldn't be as interested or I wouldn't be open to like uh, like so many other things. I'm like, wow, I, yeah. I never even realized that this is. I I still kind of feel like there's a there's a way to and this is this is a personal thing for me anyway. Like I I'm on my extent of Facebook is to open that thing to see if there's red dots. And then just push the dots so I don't have like a thousand red dots. Mm-hmm. And then I go away. Uh, 
I don't even know what the red dots are. It, that's awesome, right? I mean, that's the notifications. I'll that's open right. it up to see if there's notifications. Fantastic. Right. I'll tap them all, and then I'll, like, I'll swipe not, down and leave again. not on it. Like, yeah. I don't ex- like, when people say, oh, I'm not on Facebook, too, and I'm like, oh, like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, like, I never log on. Like, I'm only on there, like, once a month or something. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no. no, 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 like, I, I don't even have a fucking profile. Yeah, like, I, don't I, have a profile I don't even know how to sign in. No, and that's great, right? But, I mean, even then, like, that's that's what you do. You either, it's there so your parents can interact with you or whatever it is. Because like my mom uses it a lot, so that's how I'm going to talk to her if I'm not in Canada, right? There's going to be a lot of that kind sure. of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So for me, that's that's like a, it, it's easy for her, so it's easy for me. But for me, it's like I'm missing birthdays. I again, like this whole thing with the birthday, this happy birthday, Nick Perger. I'm not going to fucking say it again, but happy birthday. But the reason that happens is because somebody has to tell me, like, did you remember? I'm like, no, I didn't remember because I go in there, I just clear my shit, and I walk away again. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then if I need my news feed, well, I just go to my news feed, my actual Google news feed. Yeah. And I read that. That's what I use. Yeah. And if I want to yeah. watch videos, yeah. I go to YouTube. And that and YouTube knows what I like because I scroll through and watch enough shit. Like, you know, it's pretty much like the Joe. It's the the flow grappling. Yeah, and it's al- a bunch of shit that I want to watch. Yeah. The algorithm sure. will take and care of it. The algorithm yeah. will take care yeah. of that for you, right? Yeah. And I walk away. Yeah. yeah. But like as far as interacting with people on, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, fuck no. I'm not going to be bothered to double tap your shit. On no. on whatever yeah, you've, you've, yeah. With, the people you want to hang out with like you call them and say like, you, exactly don't, like that's the thing we talked about this I don't I rarely text people yeah I think you call a lot I call and I, I appreciate I'd rather, that I'd rather, I'd rather hear someone's voice yeah. and then the people I do interact with are on the messenger I talk mm-hmm. to like the group chats I've got you guys I've got the other guys and that's it again yeah. everything yeah. else gets shut down yeah. where I, are we eating tonight that's it yeah I just send Skeletor gifs <laughs> yeah you just send send a lot of Skeletor gifs is it gif gifs. Gifts, I guess yeah. gifts, yeah, because that, that's that's the, that's the like answer to every question. Graphic image file, yeah, it is a lot of Skeletor walking through a mirror and then like punching the mirror and walking out. <laughs> and, and leaving frame. He goes into a mirror and then he shatters the mirror so he can't follow him. <laughs> Shit, man, we had a uh, a pretty good one here. We had a, a solid hour and a bit. I'm just glad Neil came. Yeah, I'm really happy. Hope you'll be in a lot more. Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Thursdays, man. We're always here on yeah, Thursday. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you want to just, uh, if the invite doesn't go out there, 6.30, knock on that door. We're yeah, here we'll doing this. Be here. Awesome. Yeah, yeah well, I'm, so, I'm so happy you came, man. Yeah, it's great. I didn't expect we'll you see to be. how bad this drives down your ratings on all your social media. And no, I didn't go nowhere. Uh, We're only moving up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> For sure, man. We are, this, we are taking over. You guys have my support. So you got one more person. I would totally follow you if I was on anything to follow, but I will definitely download apple podcast yeah apple. man the uh yeah apple podcast i heart radio yeah Neil, Neil, Neil <laughs> soundcloud just, Neil just brings another angle to it which i love yeah. you know it's good because they're like we we've been saying a lot more this year is our our push to get a lot more people on yeah and um that's gonna happen later on we have a call-in happening that will add to the end of this show and then it'll get its own little piece as well um but don't make that face but what <laughs> no man you looked away from the camera made the face because you just you just want it to be a bit of a dick it's which is fine. He knows. I know. He knows you're a dick. Yeah. But uh, we have uh, AG2 is going to call in and tell nice. us what's been going on the West Coast there. Uh, just like the last episode we did called Casting Couch. You can see part one there. Mm-hmm. Part two is going to be uh, later on here and it's going to get its own dedicated uh, segment as well. Actually, AG2, when he called in last time, it was actually his voice came through on the on the uh, uh, over on the podcast. It actually came through pretty clean. Uh, I do a lot of good work these that days. Was so well done. So yeah. I, it's, it's no longer a, a cartoony shit show over here. I'm mm-hmm. doing things behind the scenes to make yeah. it sound really good. Yeah, because it picked up on, my, on cause I, we just had my phone connected to a mic, to, just right next to a microphone. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Well so uh, yeah. So it all works out pretty well. We have uh, we have our list that we always hit. I was going to talk about some stuff if we if we got away from everything else, but we had a good flow going on. Anything else you want to talk about? Or? Yeah, uh, Dark Side of the Ring season two is going to show up, and Chris Benoit is going to get profiled. So we're going to see how he murdered his wife and kids and hung himself. 
which is uh, that's a great show, man. If you're not watching Dark Side of the Ring and you're mm-hmm. into wrestling, yeah, which is you know something we talk about a lot here because I still watch a lot yeah. of wrestling. I enjoy it, mm-hmm. but um, like the the breaking kayfabe aspect of this, where they show you they lift the curtain up and show you all the stuff happening behind the scenes, and just like there's a lot of dirty crap that happened, and, and it comes from that book I was reading that uh, Blood Red and Money Green is Dollar Green, yeah. Just the idea of all the things that we don't see or didn't see as kids, and now we know about it, so we can learn more about what happened behind the scenes. It's really cool stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see where they go with this because I know they'll probably do Jake the Snake story and uh, the Chris Benoit stuff, and mm-hmm. it's dark stuff out there. So it's a lot. It of It might ruin a lot from my childhood though, because I thought that shit was real. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Mm-hmm. We all did. Yeah. yeah. And that's the beauty of it. That's uh, we talked about the Bruiser Brody Brody story. Yeah. In Puerto Rico, they didn't. The cops did not know that it was bullshit. And they, uh, they thought that when Bruiser Brody got stabbed by Invader, that, well, he must be insane. He went in the crowd and punched six people. Yeah. Yeah. He swings a chain around. He comes in the ring. He's crazy. Of course you stabbed him. Yeah. So, like, that's like adults did, right? I know some adults now who think wrestling is real. Yeah. Straight up. They're like, no, he really caught him with the left hook. Yeah. No, he didn't. Actually, you know what? Uh, or so like no, when, ahead, yeah. I was going to say, like, when Papa Shango came out and like, put the curse <laughs> on Ultimate oh, yeah. Warrior, yeah. and he was yeah. like, puking green shit. Green I shit. was like, is that real voodoo? Yeah. That's real voodoo. <laughs> this guy knows real fucking It's voodoo. crazy, man. Who's going to beat him? Yeah. Like, we had a voodoo curse on people. <laughs> we had a cousin who couldn't watch Papa Shango on screen yeah. at like 11 years old because he, he just, again, he thought it was real. He was terrified yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. I, I honestly thought that. Uh, this is okay. This is how susceptible I was to it. I thought Kamala was Papa Shango's pet. Oh, uh, dude, <laughs> dude, that's rough. I know that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty rough, man. So I'm like, it's like, I was like, two ultimate like, warriors. Yeah, yeah, you got, yeah. yeah, exactly. I thought he got, he got away. Now he just performed. His, he just, uh, you know, became his own person. Now that, that's how. <laughs> how much I bled at WWE. But that's how that stuff builds, like the two yeah. Ultimate Warriors thing. Like people thought Papa Shango's pet was Kamala. Yeah. People thought there were two of these guys because a rumor would just get thrown out there. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, it's like the real thing. Oh, yeah. Like remember the first time you saw Tiny Lister, like not on wrestling? Like Zeus is just like a big dumb actor. Yeah. yeah. He played the president on, uh, what was that? Fifth Element? Fifth Element, yeah. That's great. Love that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, um, Papa Shango, man, fuck. It's creepy. The guy scared the shit out of me. <laughs> he's That's a he's a multiple multiple character wrestler. That guy. Yeah. The yeah. Godfather. Actually, you know what? The Ho Train. Actually, yeah. you know what? I, Neil, who do you think? Uh, who's who gave the best promos uh, for uh, overall? Do you think? Like ever? Ever? I should give me like give me three. Oh, that were your man. favorite. Like I, I mean, it's so hard to say because there's so many good ones, right? Oh, I yeah, think it depends yeah, on your angle, but yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I think The Rock gave great promos. Yeah. Like, cause he's good on the mic, but he was never one of my favorites. Oh no, he, like, like you know he, he was mean? never my like, favorite wrestler he was by never any my favorite means. Wrestler, yeah, like I can't remember yeah. a lot of his in ring work. Yeah, like so, like by promo, like if you like, he seemed to get a lot of reaction on the mic. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like it wasn't the, what I would have favored. So yeah, you know what funny. I mean. Yeah. So my personal preferences, like I'm just trying to think. It's been so long, but like. I don't know, man. Like, I love that DX era. So, like, I got to give some love to Shawn Michaels and Triple H. They were pretty good, man. They were a lot of fun. Because they did weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, they did straight up frat boy goofball humor to just hit you in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. The right way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think. And they got they got the worst blowback because like when uh, they they would just go crazy and then Stokely Steve Austin would show up and blow up their van. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah, and Austin was pretty funny too, yeah. right? Like oh, when yeah. he beat up McMahon like yeah. in the hospital with his bedpan. The bedpan, like that's like that's the funny. He's like shocking him with like the like the paddles, the defibs, like, the yeah. defibrillators. Yeah, and sticks a catheter up his ass. Like, like it's like that shit is like awesome yeah. too, right? But people don't give McMahon enough credit either, right? I mean that he allowed a character to give him an enema. 
yeah. like on screen oh, yeah. that, and yeah. hit him in the head with a bedpan. Yeah, because Triple H definitely won't do that. They won't go to that extent that he did. They're like he did. He he bled for his company. That he really did. Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't quite like uh, heal out the same way McMahon did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like when uh, when Stone Cold fought uh, Mike Tyson in the ring when they got to that the shoving match, and then uh, McMahon's like, "You ruined it. You ruined it for all." <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. into everybody. And Stoko's just giving him the two fingers. Well, what's yours? You got three. Like, what were your three top promo? Uh, On the mic. Three top wrestlers giving promos. Yeah. I, or who I, could give promos? Okay, so yeah, I agree with Neil about The Rock. And uh, so, but my favorites were um, probably Ric Flair. Number one for sure. You know, I was I was gonna say the other one that that I would throw in there though is like because I absolutely love was Macho Man. Yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely. I'd say you know what? Yeah, that is probably my he number one. He might be my number one. Yeah. yeah, he's probably. I mean, I yeah. I like what he had. I think Ric Flair gave the best kind of like range because he could just didn't matter who he was talking to, he could go off. Yeah, and he could he could give Hulk Hogan something, give Ultimate Warrior something, give Macho Man something. But Macho Man is definitely in there. Yeah, Macho Man. I think. Uh, were just because it made no sense. Oh, he, yeah. you're putting him in because he made no sense yeah, at all. I, I was just because you watch it, you're like, oh, oh, wow, no one else is like this. And I then, found the bullet, Terry. Yeah, so I, I, I would say though, I would say those three. Yeah. The most menacing was probably Jake the Snake. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah. his music was rad. Yeah, but but like, what about like NWA, like oh, yeah. Scott Hall, Scott Hall, those guys, oh, the NWO, like, yeah, yeah, NWO, yeah, yeah. they were really good too. NWO, like, but they had a good yeah, overall angle. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, they had a good gimmick. Yeah, they had, yeah, they had a really good. Because Razor Ramon gave some pretty sweet oh, promos yeah. too, as a Chico. Yeah, there was that. He's pretty oh, rad. Yeah, there was that. There was that. Yeah. Three, there that was, was always good too. There was that yeah. three on three match where it was like him, another wrestler, and it was Kamala. So, uh, so Kamala gave his nonsensical promo. Like he's just like he's like. Like well, he's right? like bark and woof and shit. Yeah, right? you're giving he... Kamala a lot of airtime, eh? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. really into Kamala. Yeah, was it like... the the moon, the crescent moon? Yeah, and, that's, and, right. that's what it was. And just that animalistic, like like he like he no 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 shoes, no. Well, he anything. was black Georgie Animal Steel. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way yeah. to put it. And, and you know, like it, it, I love the promo pieces, and I want to hear what you guys have to finish on that. But also, like the angles were great, like all the Cold War They're shit, awesome. like oh, yeah. all the yeah. stuff that like, like back in like Volk the day where they like yeah 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 and then that was good stuff. Yeah, uh, 80s wrestling was phenomenal. Oh, so hands good. down, it was it was unreal. And like, uh, Sheik was great. Uh, um, yeah, I'd say like, like the Macho, camel clutch. Yeah, yeah like Macho Man, you, you you just knew that there was he took something before the promo. Look into my eyes. Yeah, look at my. <laughs> he was so good. The, cre the cream so of the crop. And One like, of my favorite oh. parts of this Dark Side of the Ring is when they I think it's uh, Lanny Poffo. Because people don't know Leaping Lanny Poffo is his brother, right? Yeah. And he's talking about the first time he met Elizabeth, and she's like, uh, "Your eyes are really red." And then Macho Man's response is, "You should see it from my side. <laughs> <laughs> You're all fucking red all the time." Yeah, he's so coked up and fired up all the time. Oh yeah, I, I yeah. What a great yeah, character. I, I, I say Macho Man, uh, Flair, and, and uh, Ultimate Warrior. Those are my favorite. Those are my top three. Like, I, I could, got I Flair for sure. I totally agree with that. Uh, Macho Man's probably number two, but just for fun factor, promos, Mr. Perfect. Mr. Per oh, he would throw a ball and catch it. Best, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he would throw a football, so right. yeah. <laughs> run over and grab it, and call it was or perfect. play table tennis with himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible because they were so out there. Like, there's no yeah, way he's yeah, doing yeah. it all. Yeah. But man, he was so good. Yeah, actually, yeah, because his promos were like episodes. They were episodes. They were, they were, yeah, yeah they, were, they were like one-off. They were little vignettes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They were, yeah, they were great. And like, I think a lot of people said that he could back up a lot of the things that he, he could do. Like he was a trick. Sh he could shoot pool really well. I think that's where it came from. Is yeah. he had a lot of like natural talent, and yeah, he yeah. just turned that into a character, right? Yeah. His son, not so much. His son's having a hard time. 
Oh, yeah. uh, I didn't even know his son was wrestling. Yeah, yeah he's uh, he's not having a great time. No. He's he's just a jobber. He's a glorified jobber. Yeah. Which, which is wild. They're still yeah. doing that shit. I, I, yeah, he'd always like say like he would, he would jump in the pool, like do like whatever yeah. flips, whatever. Then he gets out of the pool. He's like Hulk Hogan. You can't do that. Then he spit his, spit his gum out and slap it. Like, yeah. Which is great, right? The gum slap was such yeah. a gimmick. It's such a great great gimmick. Yeah, and his finishing with the perfect flex. Oh, it was a good move. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good move. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of compared him to like Bret Hart, like just like just technical wrestling. He was like the blonde Bret Hart. Yeah. Exactly. Like he's an American Bret Hart. Because yeah. I mean, he has same kind of like family lineage too, right? There was the, uh, the axe. His yeah. father was the axe, Larry the axe Henning. Yeah. And then it was him. And then his kids got a, a, a thing now too. So yeah, they kind of had the same kind of a deal. There's a few like that. Like Macho Man uh, was his father's name. But he's another Pafo. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he I was. Uh, though, yeah. He was like a wrestling family from the south. I think they were like a like Florida or something. And they got like the Texas Tornadoes family, the Von Erichs. Great episode too. Texas Tornado. Oh, God. Yeah, the Von Erichs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Huge wrestling family. Yeah. Super tragic. You yeah. got the Hearts up here. A lot of really good stories in wrestling. Really good territory stories like that. Which is why I like is the Wild West. Like it's so it felt so mafia controlled. Like everybody had something yeah. going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was nothing good. Could, could well, that's kind of yeah. what happened, right? Yeah. Didn't yep. the WWF? Back in the day, unify a lot of those regions. Kinda. So like, uh, I, I don't really know. McMahon uh, had. Yeah, that's actually a good question. McMahon's father yeah. had the WWF. Right. And then McMahon, at that point, when he's going to do WrestleMania and take it over, he kind of takes over and becomes a WWF. But he enveloped like a lot of the the north the northeastern territories. Right. So um, not so much the NWA. They, I thought that, but I thought like way back in the day. I thought wrestling was super regionalized. Super and regionalized. They they were kind of the ones that went into these competing regions. Yeah, by default. Like, yeah. Yeah, and like I don't know, like the yeah, they kind of accidentally did it. Like yeah. they still existed. Those regions were sure. still there. Yeah. But like when you got a big game coming in like that, they kind of doing cre- television. They, they kind of created the mon- kind of a monopoly for lack of. Yeah. Better, they changed right? the style too. Yeah. Like they really yeah. the entertainment factor came in. The TV trucks were coming to town. They were having these like local shows that were being televised. Superstars were televised from all over the place. They forced that change. But you're right. I mean, they came in and really forced it, and people couldn't compete, right? Yeah. yeah. Actually, the, I think the one wrestler I feel sorry for, even more so than Jake the Snake or uh, Razor Ramon, is uh, the Shockmaster. <laughs> Man, we're going to leave the Shockmaster alone. Yeah. We've talked about him way too much. <laughs> but he's, that, a, he's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I, I just, my heart, when I saw that, when I saw the Bill Bird, Patrice O'Neill, like, just, just t- talking over that video yeah. is probably the hardest I've ever laughed in my it's life. Rough. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> we're uh we're gonna leave him alone. Okay. We're gonna invite Neil back for another episode. Yes, for sure. Um Neil Samaru, shop name of the company again? Uh the garbage man. The garbage, garbage man. man? Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I mean that, eventually you will get a social media profile. Absolutely. <laughs> TGM But there's a I website. Mean, we right? are on social media, so like for sure we have an Instagram. I don't know what it is. But TGMWaste.com. Uh, yeah, TGMWaste.com. TGMWaste.com. Cool. Um, okay. I'm sure there's handles for whatever we're on. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but they can go Jason there and find Beck-Dash. it all. Is obviously takes care of all that for me. So nice. Oh, right on. He'd Good stuff. be a better guy to ask than me. Mm-hmm. I try to stay in the background. And he has been here, and we're trying to get him back here. So yeah, cool. I'm he's here tonight. Actually, week, he just so. he's just arrived yeah. here. Did he? He's actually here for two weeks. Well, let's make a uh, Sunday then. We'll call him in and do a little three table with him. Yeah, he's babysitting uh, Sandy's house. So oh, that's excellent. Well, he's mm-hmm. not babysitting kids. A cat. He'll get the uh, <laughs> the stink of baby on him. Next thing you know, he's at an army of children. Oh yeah. Cool. Oh. Uh, <laughs> at backside attack. At Vic Sabe. At Neil Samaru. <laughs> Whatever it is. TGM.com. The yeah. Garbage Man. Uh, that's it. You want to say your thing? Peace out. Cool. Right. Thanks, boys. Yeah.